Clear is a faster way into Capital One Arena. Download the free Clear app to beat the crowds on game day. Enter through the Clear Lane at the 7th and G Street entrance across from Clyde's. This is Caps This Morning with John Walton and Ben Raby on Caps Radio 24-7. A terrific trip out west. One week to the trade deadline. So where do the Caps stand? And back at home tomorrow night against the New York Islanders. Good morning, everybody. It is Monday, March 14th. Welcome to Caps This Morning here on Caps Radio 24-7. Presented by Clear, the faster way into Capital One Arena. With 22 games to go in the regular season, The Capitals enter the new week playing its best hockey since November, taking points in five straight, winning four of those, and having gained five points of a possible six on a difficult Western Canadian road trip, defeating Calgary and Vancouver and earning a point in overtime against Edmonton. A good road team all season, Ben. This recent stretch out West, though, has them feeling a whole lot better about their circumstances than perhaps, say, oh, I don't know, 10 days ago. Yeah, no, this has been a very good stretch for the Capitals and encouraging to see what a almost completely healthy Capitals lineup is capable of here. And certainly the top six up front playing very well for the first time this season, all in the lineup together, talking about the top two lines. Special teams has been good. The power play came up very big on the Western Canadian road trip. The goaltending, if you look at the past five-game stretch, 4-0-1 and as a team, has been very good. Vitek Vancek has been very good. So certainly a lot to like, but I think that's it, John. It's the eye test. It's not only that they're winning games. It's sort of the, the bullet points and some of the things that were maybe on the to-do list, some of the things that were maybe on the want-to-see list. We've seen it, and the sample size continuing to grow here. So encouraging not only that they're winning games, even a couple of comebacks, but the way they've gone about their business over the past couple of weeks. Yeah, drilling down on some of those details in a little bit. But inside of the last two weeks, there was a little bit of doubt surrounding the Capitals and their playoff chances. Just a little, not a lot, but maybe just starting to creep in. Columbus at one point had closed within eight points. They still had a game in hand. You've got that game coming up this week at Nationwide where the Capitals still had to go there. You're like, eh, this isn't going as well as the Capitals would have liked. But now, after Columbus has suffered multiple key injuries, exit polls are projecting, Ben, that the Capitals are going to be just fine. 13-point lead now with 22 games to go. I think it's pretty safe that the Capitals have found themselves now in the top eight and now with the postseason all but assured, now you're starting to look at maybe some upward mobility. This race has gotten a whole lot tighter in the last few days. Yeah, I think if you could continue to gain ground again on that maybe 2-3 matchup, if you want to call it in the Metropolitan Division, again, that's looking a little ahead here, still with 20 games remaining in the regular season, a lot of racetrack left. A lot of hockey left to be played in terms of where the final seeds are ultimately landing. And sometimes you have to be careful to pick your matchup and be careful what you wish for, that type of thing. But certainly if there is the opportunity to move up in the standings, to gain, at least on paper, a more favorable matchup, maybe home ice advantage in a first round series, that would all uh, certainly be beneficial in the long run. And again, if you're doing that, if you're moving up in the standings, presumably that's because you're winning games, you're playing the right way. And I think that's really the important thing right now. It's not only to get into the playoffs, 
you don't want to get in the playoffs back door, you want to go into the playoffs feeling good about yourselves, the final quarter, the final stretch run of the regular season. And if it started with this 4-0 and run here, and that's something they could build off of, then good for them because uh, certainly it is an encouraging sign as far as what you look at the standings now as compared to, yes, just a couple of weeks ago. All right. So the trade deadline is a week from today. General Manager Brian McClellan has hinted previously that this time around it could be a quieter one for the Caps, but at the time he said it, the team was struggling through an end of a not-so-great February, and since he said it, the team has gone completely the other direction, as we've noted here. The top six forwards are healthy and producing, getting good goaltending from Vitek Vanacek. So I guess I'm asking the question here, are the Capitals still going to be quiet next week or quietish maybe when you see names over the weekend, people with their ears to the ground? Arturi Lekin in Montreal, Brock Besser, Vancouver, Marc-Andre Fleury, Tark Elbashir came on the show at the end of the week last week and mm-hmm. said there's still some jam to that. The fortunes have changed and maybe just maybe there might be something a little bigger. Yeah, my, my gut instinct, John, says that unless it's Marc-Andre Fleury, the, the big name, the big fish out there, barring that name, I don't necessarily see them going all in. That's just a gut instinct based on what the lineup looks like, based on the salary cap restrictions, based on, again, what's on the other side of this season and having to have some long-term thinking. I think there might still be an appetite, certainly, to, to get that undisputed number one in goal. Vitek Vanacek has played very well over the past few weeks. There is no question about that. But I still think if there is somebody out there, maybe a Marc-Andre Fleury, who has the resume, has the postseason credentials, that veteran stopper, there might still be an appetite for that. As far as, you know, a headliner up front, I could see maybe still a secondary score. If you still want to bolster that bottom six, maybe strengthen that third line with another scoring option. I could see that being maybe on the agenda, but I still take Brian McClellan at his word from a couple of weeks ago that they might not be as aggressive as they have been in years past. Maybe this just pushes them a little further from being totally conservative this go-around. See what happens a week from today. Pencils down, and we'll see what the Capitals and everyone else in the NHL ends up doing. More on the top six forwards this morning because they have been perhaps the biggest reason outside of Vitek Vanacek for the recent turnaround. TJ Oshie looks to finally be back on track after missing so much of this season due to injury. Anthony Mantha's impressed me. Not only back, but looks like he's hit the ground running after missing four months with a shoulder injury. And maybe you can even expand that list out beyond the top six, man, because Connor Sheary's had his moments. And pretty much everybody in the top six, obviously Alex Ovechkin too, Nick Dowd, Garnet Hathaway have chipped in. If not right now, they certainly have along the way. This is a pretty good group of forwards, 1-12 to 12 right now as you head into the stretch run. Yeah, and the top six is certainly impressed. We've spoken so much this year about all the heavy lifting that Ovechkin, Kuznetsov, and Wilson have had to do. So nice to see that second line. Five games together. Capitals have yet to lose in regulation with those guys together. Talking about Mantha, Backstrom, and Oshie playing well at even strength. They're contributing on the special teams. They haven't had any minutes restrictions or anything like that with Anthony Mantha, which has been encouraging to see. So good to see them. And then again, there's the trickle-down effect. Sherry has played well on the third line. Nice to see Eller get the game-winning goal the other night in overtime. You know who else has been buzzing, John? Connor McMichael's had opportunities. He looked good on the Western Canadian road trip, I thought. Again, his ice time's still limited. Doesn't see the power play time, which is understandable given what's ahead of him on the depth chart. 
but he's been playing well. He, he's had looks, and that, I think that also is very, very encouraging moving forward here. If he could continue to strengthen his game and, and maybe get that finish back into it, if you could potentially have three lines providing that type of offense and those types of looks, bodes very well here down the stretch. New York Islanders coming in tomorrow night. More on them on tomorrow's show. But even with games in hand on the rest of the division, there's just not enough time to make up the ground necessary to get back in the race. Starting play on Sunday, a full 20 points back of the eighth and final playoff spot in the East. Five games in hand or no, that is just too big to get up and over. And Ben, real surprising because going back to not just you and me and pretty much everybody else in the hockey media had the Islanders not only making the playoffs, but maybe even making a run toward pushing Carolina for a division title. And they have been maybe the biggest disappointment outside the city of Philadelphia in hockey this year. Certainly in the Metropolitan Division, both have been extremely disappointing. The Islanders are going to be sellers next week. I don't think there's much doubt about that. Yeah, and that's a big surprise. And in retrospect, you look back at the start of the season that they had with the non-traditional 13-game road trip to begin the year while they were getting their new digs ready. Then they dealt with COVID issues, and they were one of the few teams going back to the start of the season. They were hit by COVID early, and it was so early that it was before the league really started shutting teams down and saying, hey, take a week or two to get your things in order. Uh, They had to play through a lot of COVID-related absences And ultimately, it was just too big of an early season hole to dig themselves out of. The thing I wonder about the Islanders, though, John, here is long term. Is this a blip on the radar? Is this a one off that you attribute to that early season obstacles they were dealt with? Or after having reached the semifinals, the league semifinals two years in a row, are they now really on the decline? And might it take them some time to to get back to that level that they had played at the previous two seasons. So they'll be an interesting team to watch this offseason and how they go about business. I will say, as far as their visit to D.C. coming up tomorrow night, we know that they always play the Capitals tough, typically low-scoring, grinded-out affairs. And I will say, too, John, looking forward to seeing Zdeno Chara in Washington for the first time since his time with the Capitals last year. I hope he gets a nice ovation from the fans, maybe a video tribute. He's worthy of that. Didn't play in front of fans last year in Washington to, you know, other than limited in the playoffs. So looking forward to seeing the big Z back in town as well with, uh, with the Islanders. A good point. It'll be good to see him. It's the Caps and the Islanders tomorrow, seven o'clock start, 645 airtime on 106.7, a fan and Caps Radio 24-7, CapsRadio247.com. Ben, have yourself a great Monday, will you? Happy Monday, John. For the latest on the Capitals and hockey news around the clock. Let's go, Caps! Tune in to Caps Radio 24-7. Listen online via the Capitals mobile app at CapsRadio247.com. Or ask Alexa to play Caps Radio 24-7 on TuneIn.